Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. And now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. The list of people that are coming after MJF just keeps getting bigger and bigger. You can also add Wardlow and Kenny Omega to that list. Everyone is coming after the champ. Everyone wants the throne. Everyone comes after you when you are at the top. And that's how it should be. Sting also announced his retirement. And Lance Archer is back. All of this and much, much more on this episode of Snug Wrestling Podcast. The only podcast where wrestling is still real. With me, your host, the world's greatest pro wrestling analyst this is episode 75 and we are going to be going over aew dynamite that went down october 18th so let's get into it shall we this episode of Dynamite started off with Penta versus Jay White. Starting off cold with the random match, Penta does get a big pot because they are in Texas and Penta is Mexican and there is a lot of Mexicans in Texas. The AEW fans, they love Penta here. Jay White, he comes out and he still has the MJF Triple B Championship and he's wearing it like he stole it. That's because he did steal it, in fact. The Bullet Club Gold are on their way as well to the ring and Penta decided to take flight and do a dive on all of the Bullet Club members. Why? Well, this is the opening match and it is AEW and all the opening matches, they need to have a jump start. Penta throws Jay White in the ring and I shit you not, Penta was setting up for the double leg stomp from the top rope and mid-air, the referee calls for the bell and the match starts and I'm like, what? Taz tries to explain that that bell is the start of the match as soon as both opponents hit the ring then the match officially starts and i'm like whoa 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 wait a minute let's investigate this for a little bit because yes both guys do have to be in the ring but i'm used to seeing the referee letting the guy being attacked get up get his shit together recover and wait for the referee to get the word from the other guy that should say yes i'm ready i'm ready and then you ring the bell or is this another new rule that a W just came up with on the fly just cuz I don't know you tell me at snug wrestling how did you guys feel about that did you guys even notice it because I did Jay White was still on the floor he was not ready to go and the referee just rang the bell anyway Jay White then tried to tie Penta to the ropes by using his mask and totally failed when it comes to tying knots or taping people to the ropes the AEW wrestlers did not go to Boy Scouts, it looks like. And Penta was fighting from underneath here throughout the match. And Jay White was getting a lot of heat on Penta. But Penta finally gets his comeback by hitting Jay White with a big suicide dive outside of the ring. Penta then throws Jay White back in the ring. And I was expecting to see a comeback from Penta after getting his ass kicked up and down the ring by Jay White. But no, instead of hitting Jay 
Jay White with a bunch of super cool lucha moves that Penta usually does. Penta lets Jay White get back up and recover so Penta can do his Seto Miedo glove spot. And then they got in, into a uh, choppy chop contest where I let you chop me and I chop you and let's just go back and forth like this for like five minutes. Jay White ends up hitting the switchblade and Jay White pins penta one two three penta you are a complete buffoon for that one you had the match won pretty much but you decided to do your little gimmick instead and jay white after the match grabs the mic and says i'm the real world champion because i am here and mjf isn't and jay white you are not the real world champion that was cm punk but now that cm punk is gone you you can't take over that title just like that that's not how it works mjf is the real world champion now and you're not not quite there yet the juice man juice robinson also grabs a mic and says he's going to win the battle royal and win mjf's ring even though he has his own ring from tj max and it got a tj max chant in an aew arena these guys they will chant anything and the way that this whole thing has been set up the battle royal the segment that got a lot of attention a few weeks ago with the quarters and juice robinson saying that he's entering himself in the battle royal the feud that mjf has been having with the bullet club gold juice robinson he has to win this this was made specifically for juice robinson to win everyone pretty much expected juice robinson to win this and i pretty much just spoiled the main event we'll get into that later but juice robinson did ended up winning that battle royal after all mjf he has an interview and mjf will be in commentary for the battle royal and hopes the juice robinson wins another reason why i kind of knew that was going to be the case for this battle royal aw pretty much was telling us in many different ways that juice robinson is going to have to win this then the acclaim they interrupt and offer mjf their services again and mjf says how about new and max caster he can rap he can rap pretty good in front of a thousands and thousands of people but he looks so awkward in these backstage segments with mjf he looks almost shy like acting and residing lines is not his strong suit i'm talking about max caster here but as soon as you put a mic in front of max then he's a completely different person hikaru shida has a video package excalibur he's doing the voiceover for this video package and explain that shida made history after becoming the first three-time women's champion and it feels like it's been way more than three times it feels like Sheeta has been the champion at least 10 times and it tried to explain some of the history between Sheeta and her challenger which is going to be Emi Sakura did this video package made me care for this match at least one tiny little incy bit and the answer is no but then we get the match Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Sheeta Emi Sakura trained Hikaru Sheeta in some dojo in japan and they both have a lot of respect for each other and they even tag team together they were partners in AEW, both sakura and shida but as soon as shida turns her back emi sakura attacks shida from behind and this is another jump start jump start number two of the night emi sakura has been getting multiple title matches opportunities left and right a few weeks ago sakura faced the tbs champion chris dantlander and now she's facing hikaru shida why or how 
How the hell should I know? Sheeta is a babyface and is a fighting champion, so we will most likely be seeing Sheeta defend that belt all the time. And for those who like that type of stuff, that's good for you. But for me, I like my champions to have some meaning, some story behind it, something that actually matters instead of just random cold matches every single week. And you could have also had something good with this uh, Emi Sakura and Hikaru Shida with their history, maybe built something around that history, introduce more of that history to the crowd, create a story, create something behind it, and later down the line, you can have a bigger match between these two, or you can just throw them together in a random cold match and here you go. I would much rather prefer to have someone like Soraya or Storm to have the belt and defend it on special occasions. That will really make that belt a lot more interesting and it'll make it into a spectacle. You only get to see the women's champion fight on special occasions, not every single night on AEW Dynamite, because that's the same thing that Chris Statlander is doing with the TBS Championship, just defending it versus random people on collision. And it just just makes it feel like every other belt in AEW, like every other 36 of the other belts that we see on these shows. Adam Copeland, he has an interview and he's talking about the reason why he joined AEW was to team up with Christian. Yes, we all knew this already. And he also explains how he's known Christian forever. Yes, we knew that too. But at least this right here that's happening with Christian and Adam Copeland, it is a personal issue and personal issues in wrestling it's a beautiful thing and what do you know we got some history here a story that means something to back up this feud and we need more of this on AEW but Adam says he does not want to fight Christian but he will be there for Christian when Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne turn their back on Christian no matter what Adam Copeland says this is wrestling and the payoff the bottom line it's always going to boil down to two people going at it in the middle of the ring do I believe Adam Copeland is not going to fight Christian ever again I highly doubt that I am 100% sure Christian Cage is going to do his heelish things over and over again to Adam Copeland until Christian pushes Adam Copeland over the edge but this is very interesting i am looking forward to seeing what happens next with adam copeland and christian and this is really good wardlow has a match versus ryan nemeth and this is another jump star except ryan nemeth was the one that attacked wardlow before the bell and wardlow just powerbombed ryan nemeth and the match was called off again except this time tony shivani tried to interview wardlow before he can walk off in the crowd and wardlow showed his wrist tape to the camera that said MJF. Then Wardlow walked away from Tony Schiavone and bumped into Schiavone so Wardlow is most definitely a heel and you can add Wardlow to the list of people that want to kill MJF. And one more person that you can add to that list is Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega also had an interview and says that he is the measuring stick in AEW and anyone that wants to be the best you gotta take it up with Kenny Omega. Well maybe that is true especially that CM Punk is gone now but MJF confronts Kenny Omega and says 13 days bitch 
He whispered that in Kenny Omega's ear. I believe this has to do with MJF's title reign that's going to be surpassing Kenny Omega's in about 13 days. And Kenny Omega, he also made some comments during this interview about going up for the AEW Championship once again. So everyone is coming after the champ, and that's how it should be. Everyone should be going after that brass ring, after that championship belt. And whoever's holding it, well, they got to back it up, don't they? And on this day of Adam Cole and Roger Strong, Goofy injured life and their Goofy video packages. They were making PB&J sandwiches. Roger Strong kept complaining about everything, so Adam Cole storms out, and Roger Strong never gets tired of yelling Adam's name. I think these video packages have run its course. I, we get it. They were funny for a little bit, maybe at the start, but this is just week after week after week, and it's ongoing. I don't really think they're getting the same reactions from the audience anymore so it's time to scrap these and let's let's do something different now don Callis he has an interview with hobbs and takeshka hobbs says that in 1998 chris jericho dissed hobbs's granny and hobbs himself so that match that hobbs had with chris jericho was payback for that time back in 1998 the don Callis family is not done with chris jericho they're undefeated in the past four months except for one match well if that is the case then you're not undefeated don Callis. undefeated means undefeated the don Callis family lost a tag team match and they blamed kyle fletcher who was the replacement for sammy guevara and kyle fletcher storms in the ring and says last time i checked i did that match as a favor to will osprey because will osprey called me and said that don Callis was begging for fletcher to do this match but it doesn't matter because kyle fletcher he says he's going to prove to everyone that he can beat kenny omega and he's going to redeem himself and even though kyle fletcher's logic in all of this did not make any sense to me i do not believe that kyle fletcher is going to beat kenny omega kenny omega has been losing quite a few matches lately but even then i still don't think this guy fletcher is going to beat kenny not in one million years and this is an absolute dream match psych no it's not sammy please come back as soon as possible kyle fletcher is getting all of your cool singles matches kenny omega did this 15 move hit combo like the ones that i do on mortal kombat and that was for sure i thought was going to be over with that was going to be the end but no it's not kyle fletcher kicked out and kept fighting for hours and hours and hours these guys were fighting forever it seemed like this was a really long match the fight forever chance would have been perfect for this match because these guys literally did i mean these guys were just giving each other move after move after move half and half suplexes throwing each other landing on their heads running knees non-stop all over the place and no one no one was giving up and this match just kept going and going finally kenny omega won like we all predicted and this match psychologically made no sense then we get a video package uh vignette by dan Housen. he He's still alive. We haven't seen or heard from Downhausen in months and months and months. And this was a um, an interesting video package. So watch out, everyone, I guess. 
Danhausen is coming back. AEW, I wonder when they're going to bring back the pizza guy. Lance Archer, he's making his way to the ring, kicking his opponent down the ramp. I thought that that was one of the bucks that was getting his ass handed to by Lance Archer, but it wasn't. And Lance Archer pretty much destroyed this guy. And Lance Archer is back in AEW. And Lance Archer is back to just randomly beating up people for no reason. We get another video package with Swerve Strickland, and I love this video package, actually. Uh, Swerve, he cuts a promo on Hangman Adam Page for causing him the TNT Championship belt, and he also announced that he's releasing a music video on Friday, and that should be really cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Swerve, I hope you get that skinny jean wearing cowboy and teach him a lesson, even though Hangman claims he doesn't need lessons from anyone. Sting addresses the audience and he comes out and he mentions Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, Buff Bagwell, the Steiners. And then he mentions Hogan and Hogan's name gets a big boo. A lot of heat with Hogan here in this arena. And I thought that was hilarious. This definitely sounded like a retirement speech. And it was. Sting also asked the crowd, should I be jumping off of balconies? Absolutely not, Sting. Don't be insane. And Sting said that his last match is going to be at Revolution 2024. This is three years after Sting's debut in AEW, which was also at Revolution in 2021. But the opponent for Sting's retirement match was not announced. And I wonder who it can be. Any ideas? We got to see another silent motion picture in picture with Tony Storm. And also the interview with Jim Ross, Nick Wayne, and his mother. Nick Wayne, he looks like a punk teenager in this situation. Well, maybe because he is. And he's getting yelled at by his mummy here. And this looked like a bad episode of Jerry Springer. Nick Wayne said Christian Cage is a better father figure than his real dad. And that his mom is dead to him. Then Darby Allen shows up and attacks Christian Cage and Nick Wayne. Then Luchasaurus shows up. And then Sting shows up. And the only thing that I can think about after seeing this ridiculous segment is Christian. Christian should be the guy to face Sting in his retirement match. What do you guys think about that? Let me know what you guys think of my uh, my idea here for Sting's retirement match at Snug Wrestling. After that, we had an interview with the best friends and Hook, and they're all carrying belts here. Everyone is carrying belts in this group. Saturday is Battle of the Belts, and they're all going to defend them. Chris Statlander is going to defend her belt, and Orange Cassidy is also going to defend his belt. And we're back to Orange Cassidy defending his belt all the freaking time versus anyone and everyone that you can possibly imagine and then the battle royal mjf is on commentary for the battle royal and mjf says everyone is after him and that is a great observation by the champ you are a very very smart guy and in this battle royal we get the hardys daniel garcia johnny mundo johnny nitro johnny tv or whatever his name is now and dustin rhodes we got jake hager juice robinson trent and mjf he goes up to dustin and tries to hand him a couple hundreds for his troubles to take out juice robinson daniel garcia was trying to do his dance and the fans were dying to see it but first he had to eliminate dustin rhodes and jeff hardy before he can get his dance in and when he does it got a huge pop and the last two men in this battle royal was max caster and juice robinson juice robinson got the win with the help of 
his TJ Maxx ring. So we're going to get Juice Robinson versus MJF next week for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. A lot of insane things went down on this episode of AEW Dynamite. Let me know how are you guys feeling this show. Hit me up at Snug Wrestling. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon. <laughs>